Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Build strong families. Brother Junior helping me. Sister Linda helping me. Amen. Well, we are uh, getting ready to enter into Sunday school. I know this morning we prayed for several needs. I think the Sylvia family, the kids are also traveling. They were down in Florida this week, and they're going to be traveling home as well. So keep them in your prayers in addition to all of the other uh, prayer requests that we lifted up, if you could remember them. Amen. We did have a, a praise report yesterday. I, got, I had the privilege of baptizing Coach Bell's father. Amen. He came and we baptized him in Jesus' name. Amen. That was a, a great honor, a great privilege to be able to baptize him. Very excited about what God is doing, amen, in, in that family. Amen. Well, today we have a good special treat. We have our uh, pastor of Esperanza Viva, our friend, Brother Eric Sanchez, is going to come and he's going to teach us. So as he comes right now, let's give him a hand clap. Let him know we're listening, we're hearing, we're receiving the word. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. How's everybody doing this morning? Good, good. I'm, I'm doing okay, if, if anybody's wondering. Um, I told Pastor in his office, I, I don't have to say much. I just got to say lactose intolerant. That says it all. And my wife bought me a nice, delicious coffee with milk. So <laughs> if you see me twitching over here, it's, 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 we're, we're going to call it the Holy Ghost, amen? And if you hear a rumbling, that's the deep, you know, me being cleansed, you know? Amen. Yes. <laughs> Amen. So if you don't mind standing up for the reading of the word, we're going to the book of Hebrews. And I just realized I didn't give, okay, I didn't give the, my notes to the sound team back there. So please bear with me. So Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, I'll give you a second to get to that. In the meantime, I would like to honor pastor and the leadership of this church for the opportunity of being here this morning, I do not take it lightly in any sense. Um, it's actually an honor to be here and uh, standing here teaching the Word of God to you all this morning. Um, many times in my life I felt not worthy of doing anything for God, but now God has called me and I'm answering. Amen? So, so I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be in church this morning, feeling the way I feel, but I feel good <laughs> nonetheless. So Hebrews 12, everybody has it? Amen. I mean, Hebrews 4 and 12. And let me get my notes ready because I'm forgetting. Okay, the Bible says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints of, and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. That's a powerful statement. That's a powerful verse. We can get a lot of titles from this. We can get a lot of teaching from this. But I just want to teach this morning in this thought, God's word and my heart. Amen. God's word and my heart. So would you put your Bibles down, lift up a hand, and we're going to pray for the word this morning. Heavenly Father, I, I thank you first and foremost for the opportunity of being here teaching your word, Lord. But I I need you right now, Lord. I need you to be the one that's speaking this morning. I need you to be the one that's leading us today, Lord. Lord, let not any thought or word come out of me, but let it all be influenced by your spirit, Lord. We seek your face today, Lord. Prepare our hearts, prepare our minds to receive this word that you have for us today. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You all may be seated. Amen. So God's word and my heart. Uh, many of you all thought I said God's word in my heart. That's probably part of it, but we're going to be talking about two different topics that kind of go hand in hand to each other. So God's word, you know, what is it? Many people think of God's word and they think of the Bible, right? This is God's word. And indeed, it is. You're right if you, if you knew or if you thought that the word of God is the Bible, which is, it's again, the word of God, right? But it's, 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 it's also known, like the Bible, that, that word is, is, stands for the books or the book or the scrolls, right? 
which is a, a complete um, compliance of many written texts written by many different people, but as we know, it is inspired by God. The Word of God is inspired by God. So that's one of the things we have to remember in order to believe what it says. Because we're not believing who wrote it. We're believing the author, right? Whoever inspired this word, right? When, when I read uh, the book of Daniel, you know, we, we all love and hear, love and appreciate the story of Daniel. But deep down, that, that's, God's, that's God speaking that word. You know, that, that's God telling us what happened. Amen? And... Uh, another translation says that the, the Bible or the Word of God is the Christian scriptures consisting of the Old and New Testament. Now, that's a very basic, you know, uh, definition of the Word of God. It, you know, Old Testament, New Testament, here we are, we have the Bible. But here's my favorite definition that I found on, on, on if you go to Google.com, and, you know, that, that's where I get most of my information for definitions. Not, not everything else, right? But... Um, but it says the Bible can be said to be the word of God because of the following reasons. Number one, the human authors or writers were under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So we have that reassurance again that this is written by the Holy Spirit, which comes from God. Amen. The Bible deals with God's revelations to human beings and their responses. So, so it's not only a, a written word of God, but it's a, it is also revelations. Right? This, this word has revelations in it. And the Bible contains the true message of God for our daily living. So what does that mean? We need the word of God every day. Amen? Not just Sunday mornings, not just Wednesday nights, but every day we need the word of God. Because we know what, what happens when we don't have the word of God. Amen? We, we, we tend to stay weary, you know? We, st we tend to not be at our best. You know, I, I enjoy the, 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 the family cookout we had this Wednesday. But I'm like, I needed the word of God. <laughs> you know, it was, it was nice and all having it. But throughout the week, I felt like there's something missing in me. You know, there's something. In, and that's, that was the word of God in church. You know, so. But, you know, God is good. Amen. So in order to understand and follow the word of God, we must first believe that, that God's word, even though it is written by humans, it's inspired by God. And I know I keep coming back to this. Because Many people have that conception that, oh, well, the Bible's written by man. You know, why should I believe it? And many people walk away from the faith because they have that thought, these things in their mind. They say, well, I'm not going to trust a word that was written by man. But, but if we want to believe in what the word says, we have to believe that it is written, inspired by God. Amen? And uh, 2 Timothy uh, 3, 16 and 17 says it better this way. It says, all scripture, so tell your neighbor, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, that's a promise in and of its own, right? And, and, and the first thing that I like that it says that it is inspiration of God. So right there, it gives us the assurance that this is God's word. And then it says it is profitable for doctrine. When something is profitable to you, you're, you're going to gain something out of it, right? When you invest and you want, the, you want those profits back, right? You, you want to get something back. And, and this is what the word does. It is profitable for doctrine. So what does that mean? We're gaining something through the doctrine of the word of God. It is good for reproof, right? Well, what does reproof mean? Other translations say to rebuke, right? Or to re reprove, right, what is right and what is righteous according to the word of God for correction, Right? How many like to read the Bible for correction? You're like, man, I'm doing something bad in my life. I need the, I need the word of God. I need to be corrected. Not, 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 many, not, not many raise their hand. But, but, but that's what it can be used for, for correction. You know, and we all know that correction is a very painful process. Right? I know Pastor made this uh, correlation a, a couple months ago. He said when you break your leg and you need to have it corrected, it's a... Very painful process. You're going to suffer. You know, they're going to attach screws. They're going to do all this and that, but it's going to be corrected. A tree that is, that is born kind of tilted, they, they correct it by tying, you know, strings, pulling it to the other side to, you know, if you know about gardening, you know a little more about that. I've seen trees with a stake, so they grow, you know, you know, nice and vertically, and they're not tilting to the side. But even though we don't see the painful process of the tree, we know that correction in and of itself, it is painful. So, so, so that's what God, the, the word of God can be used for, is for correction, for instruction in righteousness. You know, how, how do we reach righteousness? Well, by reading the word of God. 
there it is right there, right? We want to be righteous, we must read the word of God. And so that the man of God may be perfect. Now, it's not saying you'll be perfect right then and there, but it'll be a process of perfection that we're working in, amen? And we'll be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So that's, that, that's one of the many things that the word of God works for. So again, we must have faith in God's word, amen? We must believe in God's word. We must have confidence that his word is our guide to live righteousness and righteousness. Amen. Uh, Romans 10 and 17, the Bible says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So there it is right there, right? Because we know without faith it is impossible to please God, right? So we must have faith by hearing, and the hearing by the word of God. And, and, we, and we go back to our, to our opening text this morning in Hebrews chapter 4 and verses 12. Uh, it says, For the word of God is quick and it is powerful. The New International Version says it this way. It says, it is alive and active. Amen? Alive and active. You know, I, I look around, I see people are alive and active right now. Not, not so much active, but alive. You know, thank goodness you're not active. I'll be, you know, just keeping an eye on everybody. But, but it is alive and active. So what does that mean? This, this word is as relevant as it was when it was written as it is now. Amen? Back in A.D. or B.C., or, you know, most of it was written, you know, B.C., it is still relevant then, now than it was then. So it's alive. It's living. You know, it is active. It is actively in our lives, right? This word is active in our lives. But I like how, how it says it is quick and powerful. When something is quick, you know, it, that means it's, you know, subtle. You know, it's, 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 it stands on its feet. You know, it's quick. You know, when, when you're playing sports, you, you want to be the quick one. You know, you don't want to be the slow one, especially if you're playing dodgeball. You want to be quick, you know, dodging those hits, right? You want to be alive, right, active. And most importantly, you want to be powerful throwing that ball back, right? So, so, so that's how the word of God is with us. It is quick. It is powerful. It is alive and active, what the translation says, right? But, you know, knowing this, like I said earlier, it is sad to know that so many people in our world view the Bible as an archaic and out-of-date collection of writings, Right? They're like, well, it's just a historic book. You know, it's not relevant to us right now. And, you know, it, 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 may, it may be, you know, it may be that it is old, but like I said, it is very well alive and active. Amen. Right? And many of them probably read the King James Version. It's like, yeah, this is written a long time ago. You know, this is, you know, I, I, when I started reading the Bible in King James, I was like, who is thou? <laughs> who is they speaking to? Who is thee? You know? Who's that in the Bible? <laughs> but and if you think the the, the English one is, is 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 crazy, you should try the Spanish one, because you know we all speak American English. This is old, you know, English English. So it's Spanish. I speak, you know, really, really, you know, I, I don't know how to say it, but you know, my understanding of Spanish is not proper, and you know, and all this and that. It's it's uh, the street level, you know. So when I read read in Spanish, it's even worse. So. I'm not bilingual. I'm like bilingual, like I'm gone. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> but anyways, uh, and and you know, and many people think that the principles in the Word of God. I'll give you a second. <laughs> the principles in the Word of God are old-fashioned, right? You know, especially for example, if you speak to somebody about holiness, we're like, well, holiness is something of the past. You know, we live in in this modern culture you know everything is different now you know and and uh and sometimes you know uh people take it like it's you know something that is not relevant to them you know which is sad because you know if if they only knew the power that the word of god has it'll you know it'll change their lives completely i was watching an interview that they were giving this um and girl and or you know lady let me for better terms they ask her, you know, first thing they ask her, what do you, what do you identify as? Because apparently they got to ask that nowadays. And she said, well, I identify, I mean, my, my pronouns are God. And in my mind, I was like, that's not a pronoun. <laughs> that's a noun. But okay, we'll, we'll let you have it. She's, and they ask her, why, why are you considered a God? He said, because I worship myself. You know? So, 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 so that's the kind of world that we're living in nowadays. You know? But like I said, if they only knew the power of the word of God, you know, all those thoughts will be erased. But it, it is, like I said, sad to know, you know, that we're living in a time like this. And those of us who have embraced the Bible's teaching readily understand this description, right? That the, the, the word of God is quick and it's powerful, it's active, 
right? Um, and it's a testimony to the miraculous that living nature of this book that after 20 plus centuries, the Bible still contains instruction on every significant facet of life. Anything that we go through is found in the Bible. We can find an answer for everything. Or, you know, yeah, everything, I, I, I dare say. God's word is just as applicable in 2022 as it was when it was inspired. But only a living book can do that. Right. Only a living book can do that, and that is the word of God. Amen. So the word of God is alive, right? In John 6 and 63, uh, Jesus said, it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Right? The flesh will profit nothing to you. We talked about profiting earlier. The flesh will not profit you anything. Right? The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. That is the word of God. It is spirit and it is life. The Bible is often referred to as the living word of God. In Luke 8, Jesus gave the parable of the sower whose seed fell on different types of soil with the very results. You know? And I'm not going to read the whole um, parable for the sake of time. But he likened the word of God to a seed, right? Jesus likened the word of God to a seed. And this seed was, you know, being sowed by the sower, right? Some of it fell on the wayside. Some of it fell on the rocks. Some of it fell on the thorny ground. And some of it fell on good ground. So what happened to the one that fell on the wayside, right? The fowls, the birds came up and ate it up. You know, I fed birds before. I know how fast they can put it away. The rocks, the, 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 the seed that landed on the rocks, it was withered due to no moisture, right? The, the one that, that, was, uh, that landed by the thorns, it was choked, it says. It was choked, right? And the one that fell on good ground sprung and gave fruit a hundredfold. So that gives us a, 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 a definition of, of our hearts because Jesus is comparing this to, to our heart. He's comparing these type of soils to our heart. And so what happens? On the wayside, he says, are those that hear the word, but the devil takes it away. Those are the fowls taking it away, right? How many have you all found yourself in that situation? You hear a good message, and then the devil comes and takes it right away because that's what he comes to do, steal, right? And then the one that falls on the rocks, he likens to a heart, you know, that has a rocky heart. Uh, it gives no roots, and they believe for a while, then temptation takes them away. Again, hearing a good word but it has no roots. It starts sprouting, but it has no roots. That means it has no depth, right? There's no deep understanding. And then temptation comes, you know, life, everything else comes, and then it's taken away. Then the thorns is those people that hear the word of God. They go forth, but the cares of the world choke the seed. They're too worried about the world. They're too worried about everything else. And then the one that falls on good ground or on a good heart, uh, they keep the word in honest and good heart and bring forth fruit. Amen. Anybody want to bring fruit this morning? We all, we all should be raising our hands. We want to bring fruit to God. Amen. I mean, the fruits of the Spirit. Amen. So in, in the explanation of the parable, he said, now the seed is the word of God. Right? So, 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 so there it is again. That word of God is there. So he has likened the word of God to a seed, and we all know that a seed has life. Right? You plant it, it, it gives something. The seed contains the DNA code to, re, to reproduce the original tree, flower, or shrub. So if we can think of this as a seed, it has the DNA to reproduce life, right? The word of God is life, amen? Uh, the word of God is a seed uh, within is the code that can reproduce the, origin, the original in you, right? The, the, the Bible says when, when we are born again, you know, God renews our heart, right? We, 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 we no longer had that stony heart. We have a flesh, a heart made out of flesh. And I get into it here in, in, in a little bit. Um, but not only are the words... Of eternal life, but they bring life to those who will obey them, right? We must obey the word of God. It's, it's not only about hearing the word, it's about doing the word, amen? Uh, Psalms 119 and 50, David says, this is my comfort in my affliction, for your word has made me alive. That is what the word does. It makes us alive, amen? Psalms uh, 119 and 93, it says, I will never forget your precepts, your words, right? Your commandments, for with them you have made me alive, how many can testify to that? When you all heard the word of God, it, it made you alive, right? You started living again, amen? So, so, so going back to Hebrews 4 and 12, you know, the, the word of God is quick and it is powerful. So that means it is, it is alive and active. So the word of God has many attributes, if you think about it, right? The first thing that we can see is that it, it is a revelation of God. 
we read the word of God, we read the revelation of who God is. It tells us who he is. He's revealing himself to us through his word. And it should be realized that the Bible does not contain the words of men, but the word of God, like we established earlier. It reveals the nature of the true God, his work of creation in the origin of humanity and the universe. A large part of the Bible is devoted to support the spiritual growth of believers and to equip and empower them to stand against all spiritual deception of a hostile world. So that is what the word of God works for. It's a revelation, and it reveals to us how we should be living, right? It reveals to us who God is. It reveals himself to us. And again, Second uh, uh, Timothy three sixteen and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, like we said earlier, uh, reproof, correction, instruction, and, and all that good works. Uh, the Bible is not a book of human speculation about God, but it, in its contents, it has been given by inspiration of God. So it's not just humans saying, well, I think God is this, you know. No, God is saying, I am who I say I am, right? That's what he's saying. And Peter says that holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. That's how the word came to be. Um, uh, another, another correlation it has, it is associated with a person. The word of God is. And if we look in, in the Old Testament, we find, we find likeness of Jesus. Amen? I, 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 I watched this, um, uh, this teacher online. And, and I, I don't get my teaching from, from him. I, I do. He gives a lot of good points. He just pretty much reviews the Bible and goes de- deep into it. But he had, he had a series called Jesus in the Old Testament. And, you know, that was a revelation to me because you read the Old Testament and you never think of Jesus. You think of, you know, the I am, you know, the creation. You think of the God, you know, who punishes. But, but you know, he gave correlation. Look, this is Jesus in the Old Testament, right? So, so we know that... that when we're, speak, when we're reading the word of God, when we're listening to it, it's speaking about a person, and that is Jesus. Amen? All the promises of God in the Bible are associated with a person, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the, the, the incarnated word, right? Uh, John 1 and 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In him was life, right? The word of God has life. He is the word of God. He is life, right? In him was life. And the life was the light of man. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and of truth. That is who God is. That is who Jesus is. That is what the word is. Amen? It is life. The spoken and written word of God testifies of the Savior, Jesus Christ. And therefore, closely, it is closely linked to him. Now, in the book of Revelation, John also emphasizes the close association between Christ and the word, right? It says uh, in Revelation 19 and 11, it says, Then I saw uh, heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and righteous. He judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and his head were many crowns, and his name is called the word of God. That is who Jesus is. That is the revelation of the word of God. The word of God also has creative power, right? If we look at the book of Genesis, God spoke things into existence. So in other words, the words of God created, amen? He spoke the light. He spoke into the darkness, right? He spoke the trees. He spoke the the oceans, you know, the stars. He spoke creation, right? Animals, uh, you know, we think of all the animals that he spoke into existence. I wish he wouldn't have said frogs, but, you know, here we are. Which, which, by the way, I have a, a quick, uh, you know, testimony. Um, I am no longer as afraid of them as I used to be. All right? But that, that's through prayer, though. You know, I, and, and many of you look confused, but I, I, I shared with you all a long time ago that I was a bit, uh, just a little bit, scared of frogs. Um, I just don't like them, you know. But... But, but doing the job I do, I, I encounter them a lot, and, and it's only the little ones I'm not afraid of, you know. <laughs> for now, for now. So it, it's, it's a step for me, all right. But there's a reason why they're here. You know, God created them. You know, he used them in, in, uh, in Egypt, you know, as one of the plagues. So there's that. They have a purpose. Uh. <laughs> So the Lord only needs to speak a word for anything to come into being, and it is, right? We see that even in the New Testament when Jesus spoke healing, when Jesus spoke miracles, right? There is that creative power of the word of God, amen? 
Uh, Genesis 1 and 3, like, like I said, you know, he, he spake things into existence and things became done, right? Uh, Colossians 1 and 15, it says, For by him all, I mean, he is the image of the invisible God. For by him all things were created that, that are in heaven and that are on earth. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. So all things come from him. Amen. Uh, another aspect the word of God has, it is pure. Right? The word of God is pure. You're not going to find any flaws in the word of God. Right? Only those frogs, but that's, that's just my... My personal conviction. I'm not trying to convict anybody. But, um, you know, the, the, the inerrancy and flawlessness of the word are proof of the fact that it is absolutely pure. Amen? We can read this book without getting insulted, right? We can read this book without questioning it, you know, unless you're not really reading it. But, but it, it, it has pureness, and, and there's pureness in this, in this book. Amen? That you're not going to find in any other's writings. In this world, really. Uh, Psalms 119 and 140, uh, David says, your word is very pure. Amen? When you think of something pure, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Cleanliness, right? It, you know, what, what's other things? I need help. Honesty. When, when you think of something pure, you know, what comes to your mind? Amen, amen. I, I got a lot of good answers. I, I couldn't hear you all, but, you know. I'm sure you'll shout good answers. Um, the words of the Lord are pure words. Uh, Psalms 12 and 6, like silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. That's how pure it is. When you think of, of that silver that is purified seven times, it's pure silver. That's how the word of God is. It is pure. Amen. Uh, it, it is also like a fire and hammer, right? Jeremiah 23 and 29 says, it's not my word like fire. Like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. You think about it, it's breaking the rocks in pieces. Is there any correlation to a rock being broken in, it, in us? That's our hearts, right? Our hearts were, were one stone, but the word of God breaks the rock. Amen? That, that's what happened to me, at least. I, I don't know about any of you, but that's what happened to me. Right? My, my, my heart was hardened, but, you know, the, the word of God came and broke it. You know, uh, and if, if only we would have a teachable spirit by listening to and obeying the word of the Lord, we will find that it can soften the hardest heart and break down every wall of resistance. That's what the word of God can do. You know, I, I know a long time ago, Pastor preached a message about, about you know, I, you probably don't remember, Pastor, but uh, it was one, one of my first weeks in, in the church, and he preached that word, and that word really got to me. And I'm in the altar breaking down because of the word. It wasn't what pastor said. It was the word of God. Amen. But, you know, like I said, you have to believe in it first. You have to believe that it's God speaking to you. And I would tell pastor, you know, say he's, he's been reading my mail. He's been, you know, God has been speaking to him about me. You know, I felt special in church. I'm like, yeah, preach to me, preach to me. Say so he's only preaching to me, not to these people. You know, it's only me preaching. But, but, but that's how the word of God revealed it. You know, I'm just testifying. You know, that's how the word of God revealed to, was revealed to me through the preaching, you know, and through, through reading, through hearing. But it broke that, that, that rock, you know, that hard, that solid. You know, I, I'm not saying I was the hardest of them all because I wasn't. You know, I was uh, soft on the outside still, you know, but hard on the inside. But, um, you know, but, 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 but God took care of my heart, amen? And I'm here today because of his grace. Amen? Uh, Hebrews 3 and 7 and 8 says, Today you will hear his voice. Do not harden your hearts. That's what happens when you hear the word of God. When you hear his voice, your heart will not be hardened. Humans are not robots who are programmed and manipulated by God. We are not. Right? We still have the, the, the free will. We still have the, the, the choice, right? We have the capacity to choose and accept or reject the word of God. So if, if you take anything from this, me this morning, we'll be choosing the word of God. You know, choose the word of God. That's the only choice you can make that will benefit you in the long run. Amen? Because why? The, the word of God also saves sinners. Amen? Uh, uh, the Bible says, Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Amen? When you receive the word, it will save your soul. Granted, that's not the whole plan of salvation, but when, when we receive that word, it will save our souls. First uh, Peter 1 and 23, it says, You have been born again, not of corruptible seed, there's that word seed again, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. 
There is again, the word of God is living, this forever. The word of God is spirit and life. Amen. John 6 and 63, uh, the Lord Jesus said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. That is what God is speaking, the word. And after being born again, we should nourish ourselves daily with the word to become mature Christians. Amen. Uh, there's a scripture, I don't have it here, but it, um, I believe it's in Ephesians. It says like, like newborn babes, we desire, you know, the, the, um, the pure milk, you're right, uh, of the word. I wish I knew that by heart. <laughs> but, you know, but it, it is found there, you know, like, like newborn babes. So, so, so what are we again? We are newborn. We, we are born again, right? And we should desire the word of God because if you're born again and you're not being fed, you know, my, 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 my dog just had puppies, so I know all about needing the milk, right? If, if, those, if those puppies, now I'm not comparing humans to puppies, you know, but, but any creation that is born needs that nutrition, amen, to grow, to thrive. If they don't receive it, they'll die, amen, as harsh as it sounds. So that's what can happen to us. You know, we're born again, but we don't eat of the word of God. We don't drink the milk of the word of God. We don't desire it, right? You have to desire it. You're going to have to want it, right? Because, because the devil's not going to make it easy for you to get to the word of God. He's going to put obstacles. So we must have made up in our minds and in our hearts that we're going to desire this word of God, and we're going to go after it and drink, you know, this spiritual milk, which is the word of God. Amen? Uh, Luke 4 and 4 says, This spiritual food is essential, as man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Right? Not, not just by bread alone, but by every word of God. So, so, so not only will, it, will, will we need our necessities, right? When, when I, and and I'm, I'm trying to get somewhere with this. When, when we think of, of the Lord's Prayer, right? There's a part that says our daily bread give it to us today or give us today our daily bread, right? Meaning that that necessity that you have, the bread that you need, you need it every day, every day. So if we take the word of God, what is it? You need it every day, every day. Amen. So that's just a correlation I wanted to, you know, to see. But, 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 but that's what happens. You know, we, we, we get to a place where we think, well, I'm, I'm full and satisfied by Sunday. You know, throughout the rest of the week, I, I don't need no more bread. You know, I don't need no more word. But if, if you think that way, you're probably lying to yourself because we need the word every day. Amen. Uh, again, the word of God endures forever, right? First Peter 1 and 25, the word of the Lord endures forever, plain and simple. Uh, again, in Luke 21 and 33, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. What does that mean? Even after eternity comes, his word is still be applicable. His word will still exist, amen? It will always remain effective, never become irrelevant or redundant. So to those People that I was talking about earlier that think that the word has nothing to do with us nowadays, it, 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 it does, right? It is relevant and it is, it is not redundant. And it will prevail after the present heaven and earth have passed away. Amen? That's what it's telling us. Every word will be fulfilled. We have every reason to rejoice to our eternal God, right? By knowing these promises, we, we, we ought to be rejoicing, amen? His everlasting word and his enduring mercies are forever, Amen? And the word of God is, it is perfect. You know, Psalms 19, 7 through 9 says, the, the law of the Lord or the word of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. And the judgments of the Lord are true and righteousness and righteous altogether. That's what the word of God is. It is perfect. Amen. Like I said earlier, we are not going to find any flaws in the Word of God. And if you think there are flaws, the flaws may be in you, right? So you may need to pray, Lord, take these away from me so I may understand. Because sometimes, like we're speaking about this morning, we're speaking about God's Word and our hearts, right? So, so what's the one thing that can impede us or that can stop us, stop us from receiving the Word of God? It's our own selves, right? It's our own hearts, our own minds. So that's why, you know, I, I don't know if you all re really pay attention when I pray, when I'm teaching or really doing anything. I pray, Lord, prepare my heart and my mind because I know I'm not prepared sometimes, right? Amen. We, we all go through life. You know, we come to church, we're here, but our hearts may not be as prepared as we want it to be. Our minds may not be as prepared as we might want it to be. So we have to pray, Lord, 
prepare my heart and my mind. Why? Because I don't want anything to stop what God has for me. I, I, I don't want a, there to be a blockage, right? I want to receive every word that God has for me. I want everything that God has for me. Amen? Another thing that the, God, that, that the word of God does is it restores, right? How many have found restoration in the word of God? Amen? That, that should be all of us. Amen? It has a unique power to restore a life from its fallen condition to the pattern and place that God intended. Amen. When we build that foundation, and I know we've been speaking about the Cornerstone series on Wednesdays. When, when we speak about foundation and we put our foundation, like it says, on the word of God. Amen. We are restored, right? Because most of our houses are sitting on sand before we come to God, if you think about it. Right? Most of our houses, when the storm comes, when the winds blow and the rain starts to beat against it, they crumble and fall. And what do we do? We build again on that sand, right? But once we come to God and we, found, and we find the rock, we find the word of God, we find Jesus, and we start building on that, right? The storms come, life comes, rain beats against our house, but we remain standing. So that's, 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 that's what the word of God does. It restores What's, what once was falling and decaying, dead, is now alive. It is thriving. Amen. So, um, you know, it, 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 I have examples here, but I'm not really going to get into it. I don't have that. I have a lot of notes to go through still. But, but that's what the, what the word of God does to us. It restores us, right? It replenishes us. Replenishes us. It gives us power. Amen. It gives us promises, you know, that are true. Humans gives us promises all the time. I'm not talking about anybody here, you know. But, but we may get promises from, you know, politicians, you know, promises from our teachers maybe, you know. Um, and, 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 but, but they're human, you know. There's a scripture that says that, you know, that, that you know, humans will fail you, but God will never fail you. I'm just paraphrasing. Amen. So, so, so we can find these promises and we can find them to be true and we can trust in God that he will bring them to pass. Amen. The word of God discerns our thoughts and our intentions, right? The Word of God has a unique quality or ability to conduct its own work on our hearts in deep and secret places, right? There's people that ask, who, who knows me more than myself? The answer is God, amen? You know, that they're out there, well, no one knows my heart. You know, nobody knows what I feel. Nobody knows what I go through. Let me tell you something God does, amen? And, and he discerns our thoughts like, like we, were, we read earlier as a word, you know, that, that, that sword, how, how it cuts through, and, you know, discerning. That's how the word of God works in our hearts, right? It, it's, it's work on our hearts in deep and secret places. Like I said, anyone can conduct a surface review on our lives. You know, we can review ourselves, you know. We can only scratch the surface. God is the only one that can go in deep. Because many times we are in our own, um, you know, desires we are in our own vanities in our own humanity in our hearts right and and we have maybe i want to say not bad thoughts well yeah bad thoughts because you know our heart you know will lie to us you know and we have all these things wrong with us but we don't see it right we think well i'm doing i'm doing the right thing you know i, I may say a few things that I, i'm not supposed to say i may think some things that are not pure and right but i'm good right but deep down god knows the truth you are not good. You need restoration. So, so, so God, so the word of God, it discerns, right? It cuts through the flesh and, and it's able to see all the things that we don't see. And people can analyze and evaluate our deeds and actions, which are visible to all. However, it takes the power of the spirit to discern the motives behind our methods. Sometimes we do things, you know, we're thinking we're doing it unto good, but sometimes we may be doing it unto evil, you know. But who, who, who will know, right? We, we won't know. Only God knows. Amen. Uh, and, you know, and it examines our attitudes and, is, and not just our actions, but it discerns what is concealed from others. And in so doing, serve, doing, and in so doing serves as well in the quest to protect the condition of our hearts, right? Because we don't know everybody else's hearts either, right? So therefore, we're protecting ourselves through the Word of God, amen? We're protecting our hearts because the Word of God is also protection, amen? It is also protection, and the word of God points out our errors and faults. How many of you all thought you were, like I said, you were good, good, you're a good person, you know? You know, you, you hear that a lot in the world nowadays. But, oh, so-and-so, yeah, they're, they're, they're a nice person, they're good. 
well, to you, you know, <laughs> maybe to you, maybe they want to, you know, profit something out of you, right? But to everybody else, they treat like trash. You know, it could be that way. But only the word of God points out our faults and our errors, you know? That's how we come to repentance, amen? When, when Jesus starts revealing to us our errors and our faults, we, we ought to run to an altar. You know, that, that should be the right response. But sometimes, you know, we're too stubborn. We're like, well, I'll just stay here where I'm at because, you know, we're, you know, sin feels good for a season, you know. And, 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 and because our heart is hardened, we do not seek that repentance. But the word of God, like I said, it points out our errors and faults, but it is up to us again. We have that choice to go repent or to keep walking in our faults and errors. Amen. Um, but instead, like I said, the Bible provides us the great service of confronting our errors and judgment when they occur. It is likened to a mirror that represents us, the true picture of life and spiritual standing, like in James 1 and 23. Often our reflection in that mirror is shocking experience because it accurately re represents the image we ourselves cannot see without itself. Right? We cannot see who we are without that reflection. Amen. We, we may have an idea of what we look like, but we need God to reveal to us exactly what is going on deep inside us. The word of God keeps us from sin, right? Not only does God's word work uh, prescriptively to address wrongs in our lives, it is also a preventative effect on us. By reading and meditating on the scriptures, we are equipped to avoid pitfalls along our spiritual journey, right? The Bible will keep us from sin, right? Psalms 119.11 says it better this way, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Amen? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. So, so that's where the title is brought from, the God's word and my heart. How, how did they go together, right? The word of God is in my heart, therefore I am not sinning. Because, well, not that you're not sinning, but it will help you not to sin, right? It doesn't say I will 100% not sin. It said I might not sin. So that means you're going to think twice about sinning if you have the word of God in your heart. Amen? But, but there goes that choice again, right? You have to choose not to sin because the word of God is in you. Amen? So, so, so like I said, it has a correlation. The word is kept in our hearts. It, it says here, it is hidden in my heart. I hide it. You know, how, how many of you all try to hide snacks from your relatives? You know? How, how many of you have a, uh-oh, I see, I see the stairs already. <laughs> so you had Snickers all the time? <laughs> all this time. No, but, um, but, but when you hide something, you know, you put it away in a place that only you know where it is. Amen? And nobody else knows. That's, you know, that's what hiding is. I, I used to be good at hide and seek. You know, probably nobody came out looking for me, but, you know, that's, that's whatever. Um, but, but hiding something, especially in our hearts, right, where nobody else can enter, right, because nobody knows our heart other than, than, than God. So if we hide that word in our heart, it'll make it hard for us to sin. Why? Because the word of God, it is hidden in our hearts, right? If that makes sense. <laughs> um, moreover, by, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. So by keeping, it's not only about hiding it there, but keeping it there. You know, because I hide snacks, but I keep taking them out of the sock drawer every once in a while. Because ants make it in. <laughs> Hold on, man. She knows I need to change my <laughs> need to change my my hiding spot. Oh man, I ride myself out <laughs> out here. But no, I'm I'm joking. She she knows where I hide my stuff. There's no secrets <laughs> between, between us. Um so, so yeah, it's not about just hiding it, right? It's about knowing where to go back to find it. Because what good is is hiding it if you can't go back to to get it, you know? I see my dog hide bones, and they're digging holes all over the yard. I was like, it was right there. I saw you put it there. Why, why are you making holes everywhere else? You know where it is. Your nose should work, you know? But, 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 but that's what can happen to us sometimes, right? We hide the word, and when, when it's time to go get the word, we're like, where is it? You know? And you may say, well, it is really well hidden because I can't find it. No, you lost it. <laughs> you know? You lost it. That's, you know, that's, that's, that's right. You know, you, you, so, 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 so I'm, what I'm trying to say is that, we cannot be too safe, I would say, hiding the word of God if we don't know where to find it later. Amen? So, so, so what does that mean? Daily it should be taken out, right? 
right? Like, and, 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 and some people say, well, the word of God is like a trophy to me. Well, I've seen most trophy cases are collecting dust, you know? You know, uh, most people say, you know, the word of God is everything to me. Well, you don't lose everything, do you? <laughs> you know? Some people may have that perception of the word of God, but it, the way it, it, they try to hide it sometimes, and, and, and I'm guilty of this sometimes, I hide it so well I, I can't bring it back up when I need it, you know? I've been in situations where if I only knew where the word of God was, I would have not have gone through what I've gone through. So we must be careful where we hide the word of God. It's not just about hiding it. It's about hiding it and remembering. Maybe put an X next to it, you know, or a cross, whatever you want to put on it, um, to know where it is, to go back to it. And nothing is hidden from God's sight. So it is important for us to remember that nothing in our lives is hidden from God. Because according to the scriptures, all things are naked and open in Hebrews 4.13. Everything is open. It's out there in the open. No covering veils any part of our lives from his sight. In Jeremiah 16 and 17, the Bible says, For mine eyes are upon all their ways. They are not hid from my face. This is God speaking. Neither is there iniquity hid from mine eyes. So God knows every iniquity. God knows everything. You know, nothing is hidden from God's sight. You know? I know Pastor was giving an example about, you know, having two phones and all that. And I, I started shaking back there because I do have two phones. <laughs> My wife just looked at me like, is that true? <laughs> so, Pastor, you know, I'm, you might want to rephrase <laughs> next time. <laughs> Say work phone, you know, not burner phone, you know. <laughs> but I do have a work phone, you know. And, but, but, but some people think, well, I can hide this very well from so-and-so, Right? I can hide this very well from my wife. I can hide this very well from my pastor. I can hide this from my best friend, from my relative, from my mom, from my dad. You can hide it very well from them, but you're not going to hide it from God. Amen. Nothing is going to be hidden from God. He is watching us <laughs> at all times, at all times, right? Um, there's, there, there can be no question that God knows all of our secret sins. But that is not all which he takes note. The Lord of Proverbs 15 and 3 declared, The eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. Why? Because he is our judge. There will come a day that's called the day of the Lord. We'll, we'll be next, you know, face to face to him, bringing account of what we did. And let me tell you, he's going to bring up everything. You know? Well... <laughs> So under the blood, she said, yeah, that may be, but we still have to bring account. Amen. Because, you know, some people may say one saved, all is saved. But, you know, we all know that's not really, not really true. So, so he knows everything, right? We, no, there's no iniquity that can be hid from him. So there can be no question that God knows all our secret sins, like I said. I'm just repeating that. I'm sorry. There's never a time when a Christian does something positive in his, in his or her spiritual development that God fails to record it. He sees everything, all the good, all the bad, all the ugly. He sees it. The Word of God exerts its effect on us, and we are shaped into his image. The Father beholds that good work with approval. That's what he does, right? So, like I said, see, we're being shaped into his image. We're being perfected. We're not perfect yet, but we're being perfected, right? And how we, we do that through the word of God. Amen. So, so, so what must we do this morning, right? I, we must make sure that our words and my desires please the Lord. Amen. Because after all, our only desire should be pleasing God, right? And, and, and that comes with obeying his word, reading his word, right? Obeying God and his word must encompass all the areas of our lives, everything. Amen. This includes that we are and do outwardly do and, and what we are, think and feel inwardly. A wonderful uh, conscience expressions of our request to please the Lord is found in Psalms 19 and 14, which says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Let it all be acceptable to him. Because like I said, we are trying to please God. You know, that, that, that should be our goal pleasing God, you know. Uh, David also said, you know, seek my heart. Seek my heart, you know. God is the only one that can do that. You can't ask your wife or your husband to seek your heart. <laughs> They'll probably bring out the bad, you know. But, but God will do that too. He brings the good and the bad, you know. 
And, you know, God has always been speaking to us, you know, like, like I said, since the beginning of time. We see his word being recorded in Genesis, right? God spoke and all things happens. You know, we see how God created man in his image and how he desired having a relationship with man. But then sin came along and created separation. Because that was, that's what sin does. It separates us from God. Amen? And so I know I'm running out of time here and I have some words. I'm trying to see um, how to finish. So... So the, the, the word of God has a power to cut, right? Like, like you read in our, in our opening uh, uh, scripture, it is like a two-edged sword, right? So what does that mean? No matter how you flay it, it cuts side to side, right? The Romans invented the sword. I, I did a little research on it. Why? Because it was effective, you know? That gave him a lot of victories. So if we think about the word of God today, how it cuts no matter how you fling it. We, we got to be careful because in the spiritual battle, right, in, in, in the armor of God, the word of God is what? The sword, right? So, so we have that, that, that sword in our hands. We got to remember it's a two-edged sword, right? So we must be careful because we're trying to, you know, I, I know I, I preached this in our Esperanza Viva service. I just try to make correlation of, of, of the word of God. And, I, I, you know, God pretty much revealed to me when you use the word of God on flesh, you know, like, like Peter did with, that, with a guard when he came to take Jesus. What he do? He cut his ear off, right? Without your ear, you know, you're, you know just, just imagine that scenario. Cutting the ear off, you can't hear. So sometimes our use of the word, the sword, may cut somebody's ear, their ability to hear. You know, I, I've, I've heard of many people being insulted by the word of God. You know, that, well, God said this and that. Well, yeah, that may be in the word, but that's out of context sometimes, right? So, so we ought to be careful how to use the word of God. Because we can cut somebody's ability to hear. So, you know, I'm just, I'm not trying to pastor here or anything. But, but we, we ought to be careful because it is a two-edged sword, right? And, and we can cut others and we can cut ourselves. But we've got to remember the sword is being used against our enemy, you know, for we fight against, you know, against principalities, against spirits, and not against flesh. Amen. Um, I know I, have, I still have some notes here, but I, I know we're coming to a close. So if you don't mind standing up to your feet, we're going to close here in a little bit. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus.